You are watching or listening to episode 126 of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. And on this episode, we will have a brief MLB lockout update. And otherwise, it'll be a list from Dave and a lot of wrestling talk. Wrestling talk all the time. We're coming up. We are me. We are about 24 hours away from AEW Revolution. And we'll talk about things and stuff that are pretty much related to it. That and more on this episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. Indeed. I'm Carlos, and that is David. Correct. Yes. How so are let me, you, Carlos? Let me, I'm, I'm doing well. But let me get the MLB lockout update out of the way first. All right. Fair enough. MLB lockout update. <laughs> Nothing is happening. That is our MLB lockout update. It's fair. So how are things? True. Good. Not bad. Not bad. Um, I, I, uh, I'm I looking forward to the – you forgot to mention the opening. I do have a pretentious cross-country running report as well. Yeah, it'll ha- it'll definitely have to be brief because we got a lot brief. of ground to cover. It is brief. All right, don't worry, my friend. The intro might be longer than the, than the update. <laughs> but uh, yeah, other than that, it's just kind of like same old, same old. Getting ready, we're going away uh, next week. Uh, so we're go- we you know had a- had some interesting dealings with uh, Passport Canada, trying to get my youngest son's passport, which is still not arrived. But uh, if everything goes according to plan, and who knows, uh, we should be getting it Thursday. Pick going to pick it up. Look at you. Look at you. How about you? Uh, pretty much the usual. Uh, work is kind of, uh, work has been chugging along. Uh, the big thing is I'm just trying to get set up as now, now we're in March. It's one of those things this year has, uh, has come off kind of quickly. Obviously, obviously February is short, but it's like, oh, yep, we're in March. Well, you wouldn't know it going outside. It's still damn cold, but, uh, but nonetheless, I've got a lot of things that I'm planning through this summer and some behind the scenes dealings that we'll discuss Ooh. when I turn off the recorder. So are you? Are you, does this mean you're going to be a booker for AW? Please tell us you are. Well, I, I would put that on the camera. Okay, that'd be different. Damn. That'd be, you know, yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd be the surprise of revolution. That'd be kind of fun. No, not so much. Not 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 at this time. But anyway, uh, some stuff's going on. But it's one of those things. It's like the usual. It's like it's not done until it's done. It's in progress. We're figuring stuff out. We're working on it. All right. So let's. Uh, if you're going to do a pretentious cross country running, let's let's do, it. let's, let's do it like a band aid. Let's rip it off and get it over with. Here's the All intro. Right. All prepare yourselves. Here we go. All right, listen. I want to get this over with. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you got some of the video. I, I but, we did I, get. I, we almost got rolling Neymar. We got Neymar. He just didn't roll. I I kind of want to know if it'll still flag it. I'm kind of curious. Like literally, I gave it about a second. As That'd like, be interesting I, to find I, out. I wonder if that would actually work. You never know. All right, so, go ahead. I attended my first uh, TFC game with all the masses since uh before the pandemic oh so today. this is like this is like a full crowd yeah well so they had like six seven crowd. eight people yeah it was actually kind of pathetic but it was interesting because i was wondering you know what the reason this is of any interest because the game was crap it was 4-1 uh loss and the other team scored a first half hat trick but there was 4-1 at halftime and then mm. nothing happened in the second half mm. so i'll save you that watching it if you pbr'd it oh d- damn but it was interesting because I was like, okay, well, what's going to happen with in regards to like masking and not because there's, you know, there, you don't have to wear a mask anymore unless you're in store. So basically, unless you're in an elevator or in a club, don't have to wear a mask and you don't have to have a Vax passport. Anymore. This has changed. And really, it was kind of a big, it was like, yeah, no, it's whatever. But half the people were still wearing masks and the game sucked. And I was like, yeah, you know, somewhere some people hyped this up. Uh, I don't really know why because it wasn't worth the time. I could have said that about TFC for the last however long they've existed. And that, Carlos, is the pretentious cross-cutting report. 
Fantastic. So then before we get to the wrestling, I will uh, briefly say, let, let's talk about a better sport, Dave. Um, let's talk about Aussie Rules Football. Is this your surprise? Oh, it is. So I have been able to procure Aussie Rules Football cards. Nice. I, and here I was out. hoping you were going to tell me you were a co-owner of one of the Aussie Rules Football teams. There's still time, Dave. There's, I'm not taking that off the table. I told you there are, there are machinations occurring. It's ongoing. We're, we're going to have to have some talk. But yes, I did uh, I did procure a couple of Aussie Rules football cards. I actually like nice the design card. on this. Yeah, That's I actually nice like uh, the, you... the, 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 It's the same person. So it's got a like, dual, but the refractor and the number. Yeah. What you can't make out, though, is that his head is actually, and his body are actually comprised of the number 17 written as a word. Oh, okay. So when I actually get a chance to have it in hand, I'll, I'll take some pictures of it and you'll be able to see it better. Is that actually... eBay or Comp C? This is a this is an eBay purchase, so I grabbed a pair of these two different players, and we'll we'll have a good look at them once they come in hand. But uh, so same design for the other player as well. Yes, yes. Similar. This is this is actually I guess like an insert parallel, uh, so it's kind of an insert parallel. I'm still acclimating myself and learning more about it, but this is from the 2022 Select Footy Stars. So like I said, I'm acquainting myself with these. Uh, it's it's tough to get them to bring, bring them across. So if I can get the Australians to send over the contraband, that I'm working on this. Nice. Uh, now, in addition to that, I also turned activated the AFL uh, the AFL live streaming service, so I will be watching some Aussie Rules football because the preseason has started, Dave. Nice. That is, that is why on my live stream uh, this week, I basically said like, eh, Major League Baseball, take your time. Aussie Rules football just started its preseason, and it goes through September. I'm covered, bros. Take your time. Yeah, you're you're good. Like, Give me basically, you could just say I'm good for Aussie Rules football. Give me your uh, playoffs, MLB, and then I don't really care about the regular season. Like, take take however much time you need, guys. Like, here's the thing. I'm a baseball guy, but look, if you're going to be nuisances, like, whatever. Figure yourselves out. It makes no difference to me. Um, the other the other aspect of it, though, is that we did talk about it because, um, obviously, anytime there's a lockout or any or a strike or whatever, uh, you're going to have a bunch of people that are going to be mad about it. And understandably so, I get it. Uh, but my kind of contention is, regardless, I think the only thing that really matters is if they actually are able to resolve the real issues, which they're not. Spoiler, they won't. Um, because right now the television product is still not good. And in my opinion, they have done little to nothing to resolve that. And I don't think, I think they're fixated enough on the money that they're never going to get to fixing the real, because, I, because like I said, the real problem to me is that the flow of the product is actually very terrible, uh, both on TV and in person. Uh, sitting around waiting for commercial breakdown is stupid. Uh, anything you can do to minimize that and also minimize the amount of like practice pitches that relievers take, anything you can do to cut down that extra little bit of time because I ran the numbers briefly just to give everybody a little napkin math. I did it quickly. And I just said, well, how long is a commercial break? Usually, you know, when the baseball game's on. Two to three minutes, give or take? Sure. Yeah. Okay, in a nine-inning game, how many commercial breaks do you think we have just between innings or between half innings? Nine. No, no, no. Or between half innings. innings, 18. Yeah, yeah. So, and don't forget, sometimes sometimes you, that's if you get past to the bottom of the ninth. If you just get to the top of the ninth and the game ends, then let's call it 17. Okay, okay, fair enough. 17. That means on the short end of that, that's 34 minutes. That we're doing nothing. Yeah, and if it's three-minute commercial breaks, then you're sitting on 51 minutes of nothing. Yeah. And I didn't count called the bullpen. I didn't count the practice pitches in between. I didn't. I could change nothing about the game and remove 50 minutes doing nothing more than cutting down on that commercial time or adjusting it or tweaking it in different ways. Yeah. That's one. Now, imagine if I also said to the pitchers, hey, you're coming for the bullpen, no problem. Two to three practice pitches, all right, game on, go. 
Well, I've just removed an hour. Dave, what do you think would happen if I if I dropped the average game time by an hour? I would make baseball a lot more interesting to the average person. The flow, the flow would be better, and, and like you know, especially if you're sitting there in the stands and you're sitting there like, I'm sitting here just watching y'all stare at each other for like three minutes for no reason and nothing is happening and I'm already sitting in my damn chair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, obviously there are people who don't like baseball. They're saying, oh, baseball's boring anyway. It's like, well, the problem is you, number one, I'm not listening to you because you don't understand what the sport is. But also number two, let's pretend you're right. Well, we didn't have a problem with the sport until eventually this flow problem became in. If I take one of your sports that you like, and I used a simple example, football is extremely popular. We have, uh, I think, is it a 45-second play, play clock or a 40-second play clock? It's 40 seconds, I believe. Okay, let's say 40 seconds. Could be 45, but I think yeah. it's 40. So let's say 40 seconds. And I told him, and I tried to explain this to a couple of football guys. I go, okay, so imagine I leave an NFL exactly as it is. I don't change a rule. I leave it exactly as it is today. What if I made the play clock three minutes? And you could sit there and stare at each other for three minutes with nothing happening. That would kill the flow of the game. It would suck. The yeah. players, the players would like being well rested. That's great, but then they're just sitting there. Now Bill Belichick would be in his glory because he goes, "Oh, I got like two and a half minutes to drop a play." Hold on, <laughs> let, let me let me play around with my tablet here. Yeah, uh, it's like Bill Belichick. What are you doing? It's like, well, I finished making the play already. I'm playing Angry Birds. It's like he's got, he's still got time. Yeah, so, the odd person would like that, but the majority of people would not. Because they would just artificially extend the game for no reason and no benefit to you as a viewer. Like in your as a viewer, like. This doesn't help me in any way. This does not improve my experience. Well, yeah. Major League Baseball has embraced this and made it as long as is humanly possible. And my my contention was like, look, obviously the network uh, the network would fight you if you tried to cut down on commercial breaks. But I'll say, well, then compromise. Maybe for the first two or three innings, how about minimal commercial interruption? Give me about two or three innings where we met, where we cut down on it. You know, put the ad on the screen while the pitcher's doing some warm up pitches, and then you know move on at least get us to the fourth yeah. or fifth inning before you start killing us with the commercials yep. every every half inning just again anything that increases the flow a little bit that'd be nice for sure yeah anyway so let's move on here uh All right. i believe you have a list for me i got a list so th th this list comes with a simple question okay All right. go ahead. it's a fairly long list but i'll go through quickly uh is the does this what i read to you represent a curse or not a curse all right okay this is the list of people that were in the my player portion of the WWE 2K20 <laughs> game. Okay. 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 And what is sure. and what is currently happening to them? Uh huh. Okay. More or less. Um, some I may not like might be in say like Impact. I probably didn't write that down. Mm -hmm. Right. But anyway, <clears throat> and no. And this is more or less in the order they play, show up in. Okay. Ronda Rousey. Uh, basically a part timer now. Although she's you know coming back till at least WrestleMania. And then who knows? AJ Styles still there. Uh, Natalia still there. Peyton Royce released. Uh, Lita, who's a part timer who may disappear soon. Yep. Jerry Lawler, who is with the company but not in a super active role. Mm -hmm. uh, X Pac, no longer there. Uh, Candice LeRae, who's on mat leave. Rhea Ripley, there. Uh, Velveteen Dream released. Street Profits, who are still there and I had never heard of them. Um, <laughs> Heavy Machinery who half of Heavy Machinery has been released. Yep. Uh, the Viking Raiders, still there. Samoa Joe, released. Brock Lesnar, who's basically part-time, who will eventually be part-time again. Bailey, still there, but injured. Yep. Uh, Ember Moon, released. Sonya Deville, yes. Charlotte, yes. Uh, Queen Zelina, even though she was just Zelina Vega at that time, still there. Shayna Baszler, yes. Braun Strowman, released. In fairness, though, she was released once. Okay, <laughs> come fair back. enough. 
Carmella still there. Bianca Belair still there. Our Truth somehow still there. The Miz and Maurice also somehow still there. Uh, Big Show gone. Kurt Angle gone. Uh, Billy Kay released. Mickey James released. Uh, Carrie Sane or Kari Sane. I can't remember how you Kari Sane. Kari Sane. Okay. Kari Sane uh, left after the contract expired. Mm-hmm. Lacey Evans, who's on mat leave. Uh, Papa Shango, who we last saw in 1991 as Papa Shango. It was not uh, 1991. Come on. No, we saw him as the Godfather, but as yeah. Papa Shango, it was like early 90s. I feel, I feel like it was 92. but yeah, It might have been 92, yeah, but yeah. you get the, the same diff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Kane, uh, no, he's too busy being mayor, but may show up for the Royal Rumble from time to time. Bray Wyatt released Nikki Cross, who has become Nikki Ash. You can decide if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, Taker, who's retired. Uh, Beth Phoenix, who's part-time. Asuka, who is still there. Tony Storm, who is released. The New Day, all still there. Becky Lynch, all still there. Finn Balor, yes, but not really doing anything. Pete Dunne, yes, but who cares? Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, uh, Adam Cole, who's in AEW. EC3, released. Ruby Riot, released. Aleister Black, released. Sasha Banks, yes. Dakota Kai, yes. Nia Jax, released. The Rock, because why not put The Rock in a video game, but he is not there. And Elias, who is also somehow still there. Well, I I think Elias and R-Truth. Uh, I, li- I like that Dave disconnected himself. But uh, I, what I was going to say, and I'll repeat it when he shows up, uh, Elias and R-Truth basically are in a situation where um, I think they basically forgot they were still employed. So that's, uh, that's a thing. Now, also, I can't believe he actually listed off every single person on there. Like, that was a long list. Um, so that's kind of its own fun thing in there. So what Dave figured out was that his connection is also cursed. No, that wasn't a connection. What ha- I, I somehow clicked something. Um, yeah. in, in the process of putting the list down, my arm clicked something. Yeah, I just kept talking through you. I, I, as soon as you disconnected, I was like, I was like, yeah, hey, no, it's fine. I'll talk through it's it. Okay. So, so quickly, our truth and Elias, they, I don't think they actually know they're still employed there. I, okay, I think they enough. forgot. I think they just forgot. Um, and also, I can't believe you actually read the whole damn list. Like, wouldn't it have been easier to give me the numbers and then read me the cut people and say, say yeah. there's a bunch of other people? It's like, I don't need all of them. I, I didn't need The Rock. I didn't need, like, Jesus. I know, but I went through the whole list because I wrote it down, so I wanted to. Yeah, it was like, it took so damn long, though, I forgot how many people were on it. How many people were actually on your list? A lot. That, that, <laughs> that would be useful information. Um, anyway, fine, whatever. Uh, so, no, I don't think it's a curse because WWE, like, literally fired 200 people in the last year and a half. Like, you could have made a list of anything. You could have just randomly p- picked the list of the roster alphabetically, grabbed the first 50 or 60, and got a lot of cuts there, too. It wouldn't have had any bearing or impact on the WWE 2K game. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I get the general idea, though. 55. Yeah. So, 55 out of, like I said, 200 cut wrestlers in the last year and a half. Also, but keep in mind, as the link I shared with you this week, mm-hmm. that there's a, a large percentage of the WWE 2K22 game uh, that is coming out. Yeah, what's well, same cut issue? People in the game. Look, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to see what's going to be funny, twenty um, percent of the people on the roster in the game are no longer working for WWE. Yeah, that makes sense. What's going to be interesting? Maybe this will be a good follow up for you. Something that you can look at once the checklist comes out for WWE's Prism, because the checklist hasn't come out yet uh, for the Panini one. Because you have to build the checklist in advance, like it right. would have already been done some time ago. I'd be curious how many cut people are in the new product, the new Panini Prism about to come out. Yeah. Because it doesn't come out yet. Yeah. So 
So we'll have to see what that looks like. But it's uh, it may give me some more fodder for for my little mini uh, my little collection of, uh, of individuals who are like working elsewhere now. So we'll have to see how that works. But yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of people. All right. So I think we can get into some uh, uh, general wrestling talk now. Uh, so let me get everybody caught up real quick. Um, I think Dynamite and Rampage were two very well-built shows. They were kind of the lead-ins to the Revolution pay-per-view, which is a stacked card. So I'll talk about the... Are you going to order it? I already did. It's already done. Um, I ordered it uh, this afternoon, so I just went on and took care of it. Um, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to quickly go through the Dynamite really fast, and then we'll go into it. So let's start off with the first thing. Tony Khan came out right off the top and announced that he bought Ring of Honor. So... Uh, kind of a big deal, but it also creates a bit of speculation, and I'll do it high level. Creates a bit of speculation of what happens next. Number one, they buy the library, which is great because that means they've got the history of CM Punk and Brian Danielson, and uh, of course uh, Christopher Daniels and a bunch of other guys on their roster who went through the Ring of Honor system. They have access to all these tapes and this footage. So when you're doing video packages and things, you've got the history that you can pull from from these guys. That's actually really and handy. And some guys right. that are in WWE too. Absolutely. So you have access to all of this. This this library has tremendous value. Secondly, you've got access to the IPs and all that. Uh, one key point that I made to folks that I thought was interesting from the card perspective is that the 2018 All Out card set that Britt Baker kind of has her rookie in, if, if you want if you want to say. MJF has an early card in it. Uh, Kenny Omega has a card in it and all that stuff. Even Cody Rhodes and a bunch of other folks. Uh, Hangman, I think, might have a rookie in that one too. So like a lot of people who are prominent mm-hmm. in AEW television. Um, that was a Ring of Honor show that was co-promoted with the nascent All Elite Wrestling, which wasn't a company at the time. But now they own Ring of Honor. So... Is that set retroactively still a Ring of Honor set, so to speak? Or is it an AEW set before AEW sets? Ooh. So it's like, I don't know what they're going to do with it. Like, it's 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 a weird quirk that can only happen in wrestling. It's it's a very different kind. Because these characters are the same characters technically. Britt Baker is still Britt Baker. Hangman Page is still Hangman Page. MJF is still MJF. It's not like they came up with a different character and moved to the territory and now you're something else. It's like, no, that's the same character. Yeah. MJF on there has got his little Burberry scarf and the whole nine. You're like the gimmick is the same gimmick. Um, so I'd be curious to see if that has any impact on that. That makes things a lot more interesting though, from that perspective. Um, going forward though, I think this is exciting. It also creates a couple of possibilities in the sense that you could turn ring of honor into kind of a feeder system for AEW. You could have it, have its own thing. I would recommend Tony Khan doesn't take it on from a creative perspective. And of course the rumor is one of the things when we talked about Cody Rhodes, one of the things that they said is that he wanted to have booking power. Well, if they want to run that company as a thing, you could be in charge of Ring of Honor and have complete creative control. It could be your NXT to the AEW's WWE. Which would be interesting. Yeah, so you could have complete control. again. And I'm sure Tony Khan has the connections and the obviously the, um, the pedigree to get a TV deal. Yeah, you could. Uh, but also, in addition to it, so that could be enticing for somebody like Cody Rhodes, if that's what he's interested in doing. You could bring in a William Regal, who's available now to do stuff, mm-hmm. who, who was very instrumental in NXT and its development and has credibility and things like that. You've got guys like Samoa Joe out there, who, people who can come in and contribute and help out with something like that. To, immediately, you could have a very credible group of people, in addition to the folks that Ring of Honor already have on staff, to be able to put together a thing. And of course... If you want to have some fun with this, if again, I don't know what the inner workings are, or what they've talked about, but if you did put Cody Rhodes in, the, in a position there of some kind, you could do a Ring of Honor invasion angle. 
very easily like and you could build it right from the inside and have it give him time to build up ring of honor in his image whatever he wants to do and then have him invade aew and all of a sudden the whole thing i don't think they planned it out this way that's my opinion i don't think there was a pre-plan but i think when tony khan suddenly buys ring of honor because obviously he was working on that deal i think a lot more things come into play so i'm saying this is a big story that could become a very big story and make and create a very interesting storyline arc that is suddenly now on the table that was never on the table before. This is true. Yeah. So there's some possibilities. That's all I'm saying. I think it's a big announcement. I think it means a lot. Uh, so quickly, I'll go through, like I said, the rest of Dynamite. I'll zip through a lot of this. And if you want to chip in on anything, feel free. Just let me know. Yeah, first. Okay. So big uh, first match off the top. They did a Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels versus American Dragon, kind of an ROH tribute match, because that was uh, for the first Ring of Honor show. So a good callback to, obviously, his new acquisition. And also a fun match for two guys that are veterans who know what they're doing. And it allowed Brian Danielson to continue his kind of thing. I don't think this match was pre-planned. But when the RH thing happened, it's like, well, I got Christopher Daniels on staff. And I've got Brian Danielson. I can actually put this together because I've got them both right here. Yeah. And I'm sure they were like, yeah, sure, we can do that. So they had themselves a pretty decent match. Christopher Daniels is very good for 51. For 51, he's actually still very agile in the ring. Quite impressive. Uh, obviously, Brian Daniels, he was going to win that. And it leads into a promo. It leads into John Moxley coming out, promoting their match for Revolution. I'll get to that. I'll get back to that in a minute. Uh, 15 team casino battle royal quite a good match pretty solidly done i was very impressed with it uh the big thing here was the return of top flight so darius martin who had been injured for quite some time uh coming back and dante martin fortunately for them they've done a great job promoting dante martin as a singles wrestler to the point that he's still i think going to be a tag team specialist but they did such a good job keeping him visible to you keeping him prominent so that when darius came out the crowd reacted so like they at least it's not like just some dude and then there was no sound it's like actually they got a good reaction because dante martin was still being featured on tv he was still out there so when darius comes back they're back as a unit actually they're immediately in the tag team thing and the fact you can have 15 tag teams in a casino battle royal by the way you had another thing where another team earned a spot by the way you've got your tag team champions that is a deep tag team division a deep tag team division that you could have those many legitimate teams and you just didn't throw randos together actually a bunch of these guys have been tag teams for a while. Yeah. AEW definitely. definitely has a strong tag team division without a doubt. So pretty good and a good solid uh, conclusion to it. And it sets up the um, uh, the Young Bucks versus uh, Red Dragon versus uh, Jurassic Express. A three-way tag team match that's going to be very good. So again, a uh, good setup for the pay-per-view. All right, backstage. Uh, Chris Jericho had choice with Randy Kingston. They build it out. Okay, so the big one here was the CM Punk um, MJF follow-up promo to the previous week's promo yep so i think well done uh i think cm punk played it up in a good way he didn't act like a complete idiot in the sense that he goes i don't doubt what he said but i'm curious but i don't know about his sincerity good brings mjf out who plays it perfectly obviously betrays him and then it leads into them attacking him him bleeding like crazy and then here's a good callback and again what ring of honor library is really helpful the promo that mjf read back to him uh said back to him was almost word for word, beat for beat, a promo that CM Punk gave in Ring of Honor back in the day, which actually still fits really well because number one, he was a huge fan of CM Punk, which means he would have studied his work. And he basically threw his promo back in his face almost verbatim to CM Punk. Yeah. Which is a really good callback. It's a great addition to the story. It emphasizes that MJF has studied CM Punk's career and his his thing that he, despite everything, he is still 100% the villain even though the last week he had a very sympathetic moment, it can still be legitimate what he said, 
but he's still an asshole. Yep. That you want to see get destroyed at the pay-per-view. Yep. As, as you should, right? As 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 it, that whole feud should be. Yes. I mean, you know what I mean? Like to say say what we will, or or if you want anyone wants to criticize AEW, this is one thing that they are getting a hundred percent right. Yeah, and like I think it helps that the two is, guys is know what they're great. doing. I think that it helps that the two guys know what they're doing. They had a very clear vision with the direction that this feud was going to take, and even that little departure where uh, MJF had that promo where it's like, wait, what? The, what are you doing with this? On the go-home show, they made it abundantly clear who, where everybody stands. Whose side are you on? Yeah. Everything was abundantly clear leading into the go-home show, so the crowd knows exactly how to react to this. Perfect. By the way, wah, chef's kiss. Good job, guys. Perfect. That's what you want. And then, on top of everything else, the little ROH callback. Well, perfect, since now you own the library, you can play the fucking footage. Because you own it. Good stuff. Well done. All right, so we're here. Let's go from here. Um, AW Women's World Championship. This was probably the weirdest match on the card. For the most part, I thought it was very solid, but this one was weird. Uh, so you had a tag team match with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter uh, against Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. Not a bad match, but they were a little bit out of sync, um, a little bit sloppy in a couple of places. Uh, Britt Baker seemed to be a little off kilter compared to normal, and uh, Thunder Rosa won clean. I'm perplexed. Yeah, like it's what, a very weird. It's a very weird because that was their last match leading into the pay per view. So I'm like, what does that really like? Where does that where does that take the story, right? Yeah, the, the psychology of it is a little off. It would lead to you to believe that Britt Baker would win in the pay per view. Um, my stance still stands. I could see Thunder Rosa winning, but I feel like it would be anticlimactic considering how well their feud had been built up until that point. They had a great foundation for feud. I feel like a normal match for them. Um, is a disappointment. I also feel like even that result would be anticlimactic. And here's my biggest problem with it. Once I get into the card for Revolution, a Thunder Rosa title win would get completely overshadowed by about 10 things. And I feel like that's not the best use of that end of that feud. I feel like the best use of the end of the feud is a real blow-off match, a cage match, something. And then Thunder Rosa wins. And then that's your main event. That's what you finish with. It can be a strong, you know, exclamation point on it. The crowd reacts and you get the whole pomp and circumstance instead of getting buried inside of a really stacked pay-per-view. Yeah. Because when I go through the pay-per-view, it's going to be like, I'll ask the question after. I'm letting you know in advance. I want you to think about this when I read the pay-per-view card. Of course. I want you to tell me where Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker rank on that card once I go through it. All right. And it's going to be very surprising, which is doubly surprising considering I like this feud. And it's got a great build and a great background and a great foundation to build off of. But I feel like this landing is really weird leading into the pay-per-view. Like, it, it puts it in a weird spot for me. Yeah, I agree with you on that, for sure. So, anyway, moving on. Uh, Wardlow taking on Cesar Bononi, who's a big dude. Cesar Bononi's a big dude. Um, Powerbomb Symphony! Yeah, but considering how big uh, Bononi is, uh, it made it more impressive. Um, and it continued, the, um, it continued the dissension between Sean Spears and Wardlow. And it also led to a backstage interview where MJF uh, slapped Wardlow across the face. And it's like continuously building to, it's like Wardlow is getting increasingly furious with all these guys and he's losing, he's going to lose it on them at some point. So well, I think, I think the natural place for that one to switch is for him to win and then MJF take his title. Now, here's the funny thing though. In that promo before, before the slap, he said flat out, uh, if you win it, you can keep the title. I'll let you have it. You know, mm -hmm. very condescendingly. But he goes, ah, but I don't think that's going to happen anyway. Hmm. Which which was which was part of the promo leading into him getting slapped. 
Um, so again, again, we're we're gonna see. This is a bit of an interesting thing. Uh, so I'll get back to I'll get back to that in a minute. And then we got a trios match: Hangman Page and John Silver and Alex Reynolds taking on Adam Cole and Red Dragon. Really good match, solid, and it leads, of course, to Adam Cole standing tall with the title, obviously at the end of the match, and etc. So that was the end of that. Rampage uh, continued on with a lot of the stuff that was going on with it. Um, it did give a little bit more leading into the pay-per-view. Um, above all else, the biggest uh, kind of consequence of it is the return of Redbeard, the former um, Rowan. No, wait. I think it's Rowan. I forget. Uh, but anyway, formerly of the uh, formerly of the, uh, the Wyatt family, uh, friend of uh, uh, friend of Brody Lee, obviously. Uh, he was there during the Brody Lee tribute show. Uh, but he had been off doing independence, whatever. He is a legitimately big dude. So if yes, you need a big is. man, if you need a big man, like he is, he he, he fits the bill. Um, and he kind of evened the odds with uh, with Penta Cero Miedo and um, and Pac. And now they've got a big man of their own to go along with facing off against, you know, um, uh, Alistair Black and um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brody King. And of course, Buddy, Buddy Matthews. Yeah, he was Rowan in the Wyatt family. Yeah, Rowan, perfect. So, but, you know, pretty good. Like, that's a great trios, great trios with a big man, and then a great trios, and Brody King's a big man, and, you know, Aleister Black has got, is a, is a pretty big dude, and again, buddy, you got Mighty Matthews and Pac, who are kind of even, so it actually is a pretty even sides. Like, it's actually pretty good as a, as a visual of those six guys potentially having a match against each other, so I'm, I'm interested, I'm intrigued, uh, so very good with that. Um, and then, obviously, on Rampage, you had, um, I'll, I'll only touch on one or two things, uh, Serena did, did her five-minute challenge, and then the returning Hikaru Shida, so that was a big thing. And then Christian Cage, I believe, is going to be the last in the face of the Revolution qualifying match, which is fine. He's got a history with ladder matches and everything, so he fits in just fine. Um, I don't think he's going to win, but I think he's a perfectly good uh, addition to that specific one. Yeah. So all good there. Uh, good, solid final show leading into the pay-per-view. But let me touch on the pay-per-view here. All right. Because um, that's why I quickly zipped through Rampage. I wanted to get through that quickly. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna go through the go through the different matches. So first we got the buy-in. Okay, the buy-in is already pretty strong. The buy-in is actually Hook versus QT Marshall, which is AKA Hook beating up QT Marshall. That'll be funny. That'll be good uh, good entertainment for the crowd to watch to begin with. We got Layla Hirsch versus Chris Statlander, which is interesting because they've actually they actually had a little background leading into it. They didn't emphasize it too much leading up to it. Touched on it again on Rampage, but Chris Statlander finished with a bit of a line where she leaned into. Uh, kind of making fun for Layla Hirsch for being given up for adoption uh, by her family, which is kind of a heelish move, and then kind of leaning into it and saying you're going to see a different Chris Statlander. So keep an eye on that. Huh. Um, and then in the buy-in card, we're going to finish up with the House of Black taking on the Death Triangle with Eric Redbeard. Okay, so that's pretty, pretty good. Really strong. So right now, the buy-in card is pretty strong. That's that's the lead-in to the pay-per-view. Not even with starting the pay-per-view, and you're already getting a pretty solid lineup there for, for the crowd and everything to get hyped up. Okay, so here is our re here is our Revolution card. All right. We of course have Hangman and Page versus Adam Cole for the AEW Championship. We have CM Punk versus MGF for the Dog Collar Match. We got Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's Championship. We've got Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Wardlow, and Kristen Cage in the face of the Revolution Ladder Match, also known as Hoss Fight. So we've can got we just that. call that can, instead of face of the Resolution Match? Can we just call it Hoss Fight? It is, Please. but it's a Hoss Fight. It is, it is. the Hoss Fight. Um, so we've got that, uh, Jurassic Express taking on Red Dragon, taking on the Young Bucks, three-way tag team championship, three-way tag team match for the AEW tag team championship, Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston, 
Jade Cargo versus Tay Conti for the AEW T, uh, TBS Championship, John Moxley versus Brian Danielson, and AHFO, Swandrade, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy taking on Darby Allen, Sting, and Sammy Guevara in a six-man tornado match. Where does the uh, AEW Women's Championship fall into this card full of like stacked matches, n- Honestly, big names? Ba- based on based on the, I, I won't give you a specific number, but based on the matches you've given to me, I would put it probably in the middle of that. Yeah, which is not insulting, but th- but this is a stacked card. This yeah. is a murder. I mean, this, the thing with me and this card is yes, is it a stack? One hundred percent, it's a stack card. I I think that ha- there has it has great potential to be like an insanely good pay-per-view it also has and i think it has more potential to be that but i think it also has a little bit of potential to underwhelm too right and i say that for a couple of reasons um one because it's so stacked like there's that you know what i mean like if there's always that feeling that if it's that stacked there's going to be some kind of letdown uh and, and i can guarantee you there will be and but, two, the, but the thing well, is that it depends it, how big is the letdown though right but here's the thing. What do you think UFC was able to do successfully for years? You put in a ton of potentially good fights, which means if you whiff on a couple, you've got six that are great. It's the law yeah. of averages. It's a little bit different, though, because you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, in the sense that we don't know who's going to win in a UFC fight, right? Mm-hmm. They know going into each match who's going to be the winner. Yeah, but you can still miss. But you can still, if you don't execute well, here's the deal. You could say that about every single wrestling card in recorded history. Well, that's Even the true. best wrestling card ever. I can find some duds in there. It's not that they didn't try. It's just it didn't work for whatever reason. Or the other things were that much better. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. If the weakest match on your card is still a good match, but in comparison to yeah, a no, really stacked sure. card, it's like, no, that's what you want. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. You're, ne- you're not going to get 100% five-star matches. That's actually not possible. You know, that's- like the things that I would say that... I look. I would look forward to the most in there. Are uh, well, Haas fight. Uh, that would be number one for sure. And then probably uh, Moxie versus Danielson. Yeah. And obviously the dog collar match. Those three uh, would be the ones that I, you know. And I, I think like the Jade versus Ty Conti is that has equal potential to go either way. It's it could be really good. I guess it could be kind of eh too, or it could be a complete clusterfuck. I think that's a test for Ty Conti. I think that's uh, I think what and they're I doing. think Jade too, right? Because no. I like like Jade is is still not where Jade is going to be, right? So a Jade match sometimes is a is good, is really good, and then other times it you know it looks like why is she on TV? No, I get it, but what I'm trying to say is that that's why a match like this, putting this on the pay per view instead of the buy in, is a test for Ty Conti because we know Jade's green. So her opponent is exceptionally important. Her opponent is going to have to do a certain amount of work to make it work, mm-hmm. which is which is to say they're actually showing a lot of confidence in Ty Conti. Normally you get a veteran in there. You get a Ruby Soho or you get a Serena Deeb or you get somebody who's already been in the ring a long time to give to make it look good, to make it work. They're basically saying, Ty Conti, we're letting you take a stab at this. Here's the shot at the ball. No matter what happens, win or lose, we're trusting you to, to make this match work. Yeah. Which is a lot, which is a lot of confidence because Ty Conti is pretty new to this too, but she's done very well in a very short period of time that she's uh, developed, especially in AEW. You've seen that AEW, uh, WWE gave up on her as a prospect, 
uh, that AEW said like, well, we'll take you on. And she has done a great job getting the crowd in behind her. And she's got a lot of skills. She's got a lot of ability. She's not perfect, but they're give, they're showing a lot of confidence here mm-hmm. because they're saying like, both of you are green, but we're going to let you give it a shot. <laughs> and there's a title in the middle of it. So it's actually being showcased. It's not just buried in the overall. Yeah. But, but you got two women's title matches solid you got you got title matches all over the place you got a great stipulation match with a dog collar with two guys who have built up a great story leading into it that's why i say like to me this no, it, is it's situ- totally you know what's one thing else I, I worry about with this card though carlos go ahead is is aw in any way not necessarily not intentionally but unintentionally devaluing the championship and what I mean, and what I mean by that is, um, right? Because if you say, okay, what's what's the well? First of all, what's the most publicized match on this card? Like, what's the one that people will know if you say, you know, the dog collar match? Probably, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have all these other things, and I feel like, you know, the the hangman, the Adam versus Adam, uh, kind of gets lost in it. Yeah. And I, I think that is could be it can potentially be a problem for AW because what does that say about the value of the AW championship or Hangman Page as a champion? Okay, so you know that WWE has had ones where the Undertaker matches the main event when he has no title. I, I, but yeah, but I don't care what WWE. No, but but here's the thing uh, that that isn't the way it works. The AW Championship is a very protected title. You can't sit there and go like, okay, you're the. There's a good chance it's the main event, by the way. Regardless, yeah. um, the thing is that the AEW Championship is something that has been treated very strongly, but sometimes a feud has more heat going into it, so you roll with whatever has the most heat going into it. Because because the thing is, you're not going to be able to. If if CM Punk and MJF was for the AEW Championship, would that raise the stakes? Yeah, it would, but like by two percent. The, exist, the championship interjected into that wouldn't automatically like make it even higher profile. It would it would bolster it slightly. The championship has value in it, but it's not like um, the only way you can actually devalue the championship is if you underplay it to the point that you don't even put it on the card. Because you could sit there and say, okay, well we don't want the championship to get overwhelmed, so we're not even going to defend it on this card, mm-hmm. okay. even though you only do quarterly pay per views. So it's like you you have to have the championship on the card because it's part of it. And Adam Cole wants to win that championship. And that's the idea. He wants it. The wanting it is what gives it the value. The thing is, yeah, CM Punk and MJF dog color match is going to have more attention to it. Why? Because they've done a tremendous job in building the attention to it. That's what they're supposed to do. I get the idea, but it's like there's nothing you could do um, if they're executing very well with that, with the way they built that dog collar match with the history and with the promos leading into it, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns would be in the undercard of that. Yeah. And that's the two biggest names they got. Still go see Austin coming back would be in the undercard of that. Well, maybe not because of the way they would get booked, but they should be. No, but I'm saying if they tried that in AEW, it would be in the undercard. Yeah. Oh, so go see Austin coming back. Cool. You're like 55 years old. You're old. This match is going to be like three minutes. It's not going to be very exciting. I'm happy you're here. That's good for you. I actually I, don't want to see I him hope, in the ring. I hope he doesn't come back. Yeah, I actually don't want to see him in the ring. Period. I don't. No I mean, reason. if you want to come back and do your special appearance and, you know, drink some beers and stun a couple of people, like, fine. But we don't need you in a match. 
Yeah. The only argument I would ex- the only argument I think is is solid for it is that there is that almost every championship is on the line. <laughs> because there so you got a ton of championship matches in addition to it. But Revolution here is in a way I would be I would venture to guess that Tony Khan is kind of uh, is kind of indirectly. I don't think he expressly expressly did this way, but isn't it kind of a shot across the bow that he's putting this together? AEW doesn't have a WrestleMania specifically. There's no there's no pay-per-view yet that has been established as their like flagship pay-per-view. Yeah. But all the pay-per-views have been shown to have a lot of value. They've treated them all very well out of the big four they've got. But this revolution card is effectively this revolution card already demolishes what WrestleMania is currently set up to be. If you look at the matches they've got queued up for WrestleMania 38, they're trash. We got what? We got Brock Ray, uh, Brock versus Roman, right? Mm-hmm. Or okay, yeah. You've got uh, Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte. Mm-hmm. You've got yeah. I'll give it to you. I'll read it. The to Mi- you. Is it Miz versus Jake Paul or is I'll give it with- to you. I'll give yeah, it to okay. you. I got it here. So right now it's scheduled to be title versus title, Brock and Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. In the Bianca Belair is going to win this because she needs to get her you know thirty second loss back. So it's going to be the Miz and Logan Paul versus the Mysterios. Who cares? Edge versus AJ Styles. That's like, fuck that match. Seriously. But there's going to be more of those. There's going to continue. Edge versus AJ Styles, which match-wise is going to be fine, but literally they had to develop three seconds ago that Edge decided to hit AJ Styles with a concerto after challenging him because now he's a bad guy because reasons. We need need to have something. They need heat, man. They need heat. Yeah, but not working. Um... Women's Tag Team Championship, Queen Zelina and Carmella versus Naomi and Sasha Banks. Who cares? By the way, Naomi and Sasha Banks will win. Who cares? Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin for WrestleMania. Uh, Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. WrestleMania. Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. WrestleMania. Are you not pumped? No. I mean, I know there are people who are pumped. Right, like so, that. I saw something on Instagram. I think it was today. It might have been yesterday. So of someone who's extremely pumped about the Johnny Knoxville match, and I'm like, why? Yeah, they, there are like four matches with non wrestlers on here, and right? that like, isn't even. I, I mean, you know, again, match potential. Roman versus Brock could be amazing. By the way, they have a two night WrestleMania. This no, shit no. isn't good enough for one night. Yeah, also dumb. If you split it up over two nights, it actually is worse. And it, it honestly feels like, in my opinion, uh, trying to bring Stone Cold in kind of feels like desperation. All of this is desperation. Johnny oh. Knoxville is desperation. Logan well, Paul that, is desperation. That is desperation for sure. But I, I think you're, the first, what, four matches you said, I feel have potential to be you know good, solid matches. I understand that. But everybody knows Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey is only happening because Charlotte Flair asked for it. Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch is the is the bigger marquee match, and they're skipping it because they have to because Charlotte Flair asks for the Ronda Rousey one. That's gonna that's gonna main event one of the two nights, probably the first one, and then the Brock and Roman will be on the other. So they have to split them up, which means Becky Lynch will probably get thrown in onto the Roman Lesnar side of it. So already you put two of the title matches on one. You've got the weaker of the two title women's title matches on the other. And then it increasingly gets away. So which side gets Logan Paul and which side gets Johnny Knoxville? Settle it. It's like, settle it, Dave. Which one gets it? Excitement? Yeah, no, I don't care. Actually, can I? Let me see if I can find this. I want to, I want to, um, if I, 
and find it quickly. I want to read you something, and I want to get yeah. your take. Also, on Pat McAfee, I don't give you a shit. Don't care. Okay. So th- this happened. I'm I'm curious of what your take on this is because I, I I enjoy your take compared to other people's takes. Okay. Go ahead. So since we're in the WWE side of things, okay. I won't tell you who said this, but it doesn't really matter. They're not famous. But from all accounts, Cesaro is a great person. He's also a freak of nature as an athlete and put on some really fun matches to watch. Guys with neck beards who lug their replica title belts to the nosebleed section of live events will tell you that WWE buried him. I don't see that at all. I see a guy who grew up in Switzerland dreaming about being a professional wrestler and went to incredible lengths to achieve that. An 11-year run traveling the globe, making living in WWE while becoming a United States champion and world tag team champion is far from a waste. I'm sure he's going to be all right wherever he ends up. Thoughts, Carlos, on that take? Is that a hot take or not? Well, the um, it's it's a hot take in the sense that you tried. Um, in 11 years, that's a pathetically that's a pathetic resume. Uh, it's more pathetic when you take into account that there was a moment in time, in, w, in traditional WWE fashion, there was a moment in time when Cesaro was in a position where if they had chosen to do something with him, he had the momentum going into it. I will defer back to the Honor to the Giant Battle Royal, which is a worthless thing they'll stick at WrestleMania. I'm surprised they didn't do the Honor to the Giant Battle Royal on this rundown. Maybe they will, because they got to fill in something for this trash. For by the way, nights, right? <laughs> by the way, the Brit, the Brit Baker, uh, Thunder Rosa one, like I said, right now is a bit anticlimactic on a stacked Revolution card. Even if I take all of this combined, I would put them as like number three, because because you've got the Brock and the uh, Brock and Roman. That's top billing. That's going to get top. Yeah, as um, it should. I think AJ Styles and Edge is actually going to be a very good match. I think it's actually going to be right there. Um, after that, I would put Britt and Thunder Rosa, even though I think Britt will retain. I would rather have them as number three over the rest of this shit. Because I don't care about Charlotte and Ronda. I don't give a crap about Becky and Bianca. Pointless. Don't give a shit. I don't care about Pat McAfee. I don't care about Drew McIntyre, Hakeem Corbin. I don't care about the Women's Tag Team Championship. That can be on the pre-pre-show. That one can be on Facebook Live so that no one sees it. I don't care. Like the rest of the shit. I don't care about the Miz and Logan Paul versus the Mysterios. Don't give a crap. This is, this is trash. You can get rid of three quarters of this card and put it on one night. Show NXT for the first half of the damn thing. It's already better WrestleMania. Facts. Like this is garbage. <laughs> and this is this is the showcase of the Immortals. Did you know this used to be their biggest show? Yeah. I don't know if you know that. This used yeah. to be their biggest show. Too bad they don't have Cesaro on the card, Carlos. Yeah, but anyway, for the Cesaro thing, in that under the giant battle royal, um, he won it, but he won it by actually picking up Big Show who's legitimately a gigantic human being. Yep. And he picked him up being normally when the big guy is there, it takes like three people to like lift him up. That's the, the, the shtick. That's the yeah. whole idea. Cesaro is so physically or strong. Or another big man takes him up. Yeah. But Cesaro is so physically strong. He was able to legit pick up the big show in a power slam position, walk him to the front rope and put him over the top gently so that he could actually fall out in a controlled manner. That takes physical strength that almost no one on the roster has. That dude is strong, like re- deceptively and ridiculously strong. The crowd in that stadium show erupted when he picked him up because they freaked out. They're like, oh my God, he picked up the big show. Legit. Yeah. It wasn't like a momentum. When Hogan picked up Andre, it was a, large, a lot of momentum. Andre kind of had to shift himself. Hogan kind of picked him up sideways and then power slammed him that way. Cesaro had to pick him up 
walk him to the front rope and then put him over. Yeah, that is a harder yet. task. That is actually requires a re at that moment, Cesaro could have been immediately a star because right after that, you show a highlight of that, you show a highlight of the crowd reacting to it, and Cesaro should be walking into the next show going, I want a title shot. I want to face off against so-and-so. Even if they say no, be like, no, you got to go through this guy and this guy and this guy. And then he should mow through them. Pick him up, more feats of strength, and then go and challenge so-and-so at the next big show. The, the momentum was there. You could have just rode it and gone. The momentum showed up. The crowd reacted. People watching it on TV, if you play that clip, you could be like, oh, this dude is getting reactions. Okay, okay. Have him show feats of strength. Have him show these ridiculous... You put him in front of some other big guys and have him power slam them too. Show how strong this dude is and be like, oh, this, this dude's scary. He's just throwing people around because he's that strong. Accentuate the positives. The, the, the thing on him was always like, oh, well, Cesaro isn't much of a talker. Cesaro knows like six languages. He's also smarter than you. He's stronger than you and smarter than you. Why are we not treating this guy like a star? He had a bunch of opportunities. When he was with the bar with Sheamus, they actually got over. It was pretty good. He had this thing where he was like doing a James Bond entrance where he like ripped off this like yep. suit, this tearaway suit. It's stupid, but the people the crowd liked it. He managed to make stupid gimmicks actually likable for the crowd. The fact that he has two titles in that entire time span, whereas again, he was able to get certain things to work that should not have worked. And we look at the guy who, by the way, is the biggest star in the company, no doubt, no question. But Roman Reigns failed for how long? How many times did they shoehorn him in the main event when he had no business being there? Today he belongs. He is the main event player they got. He is their real main event guy. And they've treated him as such. But they were treating him as such when he had no business being there, when he didn't deserve it. You've got these other guys, though, that actually got the reaction that you would want. And let's ignore it. It'll go away eventually. Do you want it to go away? Is that, is that your actual plan? That's kind of stupid, guys. So yeah, it was, a, it was in 11 years, that is a waste of time. AJ Styles has had a very successful career in WWE, all things considered, to the surprise of many, honestly, including myself, because WWE traditionally doesn't treat these guys who made themselves somewhere else into thing. But he's had like three title runs, including a very successful one. Um, he got he faced off against John Cena and had some good success with it. He got to face a bunch of names. He's kind of just hanging around doing stuff. He, he had the Undertaker's last match. Yeah, so like he's had opportunities to have a pro, but he's also won the WWE Championship three times. So it's like, all things considered, a guy already in his late 30s, early 40s when he started at WWE, he has had a, like a 50 times more successful run than Cesaro did in 11 years. Yeah. So it's like... Um, so it means you can do it if you feel like it. Normally you bury a guy like AJ Styles, but you didn't do it in this case. In this case, you're like, oh, actually, he's pretty good. Let him do his thing. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. When the guy can do a thing, let them do a thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, whatever. Like, that, that's my answer to that, to that tweet or whatever. All right. So anything else you want to say about uh, either card? or? Yes. Um, so it's kind of to put a button on this. I genuinely believe, like what I said earlier, this is a stronger card than WrestleMania. The, the point that you made about the championship is actually indicative of how strong this card is. I, for better or worse, if the AEW Men's Championship is like the third or fourth most important thing on it, that's a credit to, this, to the strength. There's no uh, soft spot on this lineup. Even the buy-in show is decent. 
I would take a bunch of matches on the buy-in show over some of the shit that I read you for WrestleMania. And at least some of the stuff that's just general random. By the way, Hook versus QT Marshall is going to be kind of a squash. But it's a funny squash because QT Marshall has been bugging Hook for weeks. It's not like they just randomly threw the match together. It's like, actually, he's been annoying Hook for weeks. And Hook is finally like, all right, I'm going to kick your ass then. Yeah, for sure. Good. Great. Simple. Easy. I like it. Let him do it. It'll be fun. Yeah. And then we got Eric Redbeard. And then down the road, maybe he can join the Haas fight. We need more Haas fights. But that's we ever, Carlos. Do we ever? And listen, again, you're at you're giving me more guys that can be in future Haas fights. Yes. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with this. What's the issue? I I, I like everything that is occurring here. So good on them. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the pay-per-view. I've got the PVR set where I'm going to watch it, but I'm also going to record it so that I can watch back some of the, whatever entertains me later. But yeah, I'm interested. I'm engaged. I'm inter- like I said, even the buy-in. I even like the buy-in. That's testament to a good, solid card across yeah. the board. And I honestly think it's going to be very difficult for even AEW to top this card from a top-to-bottom perspective in terms of sheer talent on, on display. So we'll see. There's going to be a lot of stuff to throw in there, but we'll see from there. I think that's exciting. I think that's good. And I think that's uh, I think that's where I'm at on this one right now. And then we'll kind of see where that leads us going forward. Um, the other thing I'm looking forward to as well is that now we're laying the groundwork because even on Rampage, like I said, uh, Hiko Roshi has come back. So that means she, she and Serena Deeb will probably continue their feud. I'm hoping that that bleeds into the Owen Hart Cup because that could be kind of fun um, because there's more things upcoming. And then we still haven't even gotten into potential uh, future appearances. I still think Ember Moon could make an appearance at some point. Or Tegan Knox, or um, Tony Storm, or a variety of others. So that women's division could get real good, real fast, at the conclusion of it. So when Thunder Rosa does get the championship, whether it's Sunday, or whether it's in the near future, when she does, that division will already be really strong. But Baker may be able to get a little bit of a breather and take a break, and then come back when she's ready, and then right again, the division stacked again. Yeah. That could be a lot of fun. And that's just one of many. We're not even talking about the Wardlow turn. We got time. We got a couple of things happening right now. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Anything else then uh, you want to touch on? No, I think it's a good. I think it was a good talk, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll be uh, will be fun. So did they? Uh, so they did they sell you enough to order the pay per view? Or are you still out on that one? Uh, I might. We'll see. <laughs> there you go. Sounds good. All right. Well, in that case, uh, we'll wind her down on that. Uh, otherwise, uh, podcast will be on iTunes, Spotify, usual thing. I do recommend the YouTube because then you get uh, strong hand gestures. Uh, images of individuals and questionable commissioners, and uh, and the briefest briefest slippet of uh, of a ruling Neymar who didn't fully get a chance to roll, and maybe we'll just throw more Aussie rules on the screen at some point. Because why not? Because I can. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. Anyway, so that's it for us. That's episode one hundred twenty-six of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. We will catch you in the next one.